the Chris Terrell Podcast. Do you limit yourself? Like, do you tell yourself you can't do things? Have you ever heard of the phrase self-limiting beliefs? So what is a self-limiting belief? Well, a self-limiting belief is any view or belief of yourself that places limitations upon your potential. You've you've definitely heard self-limiting beliefs in your life. Some of you have uh, probably actually said a few yourself this week. So let's give give a few examples of a self-limiting belief. I can't lose weight. I'm a perfectionist. Well, you know, I'm an all or nothing person. I'll I'll never lose the weight. I can't because there's something wrong with me. You know, I lose all control when I'm around XYZ food. You know, if I start eating XYZ thing, I'm not going to be able to stop, you know, because I have no control. I hate exercise. Exercise is the worst. I can't exercise. Well, you know, that's just the way I am. If only I had better genetics, then I could get into better shape. I hate vegetables. They're terrible, all of them. Now, these are just a handful of examples of self-limiting beliefs. I hear them all the time from people. I see it in the comment section of social media, you know, TikTok, Facebook, although not as much in Facebook. Speaking of which, you can join my Facebook group, link in bio, or not bio, but link in show notes. And I hear it even from clients and people I know in real life. Shoot, sometimes I say them. Because here's the thing. We all have areas where we place self-limitations upon ourselves. Every single one of us. You are not the special one that has somehow found a way to be perfect at this. You're not because you're a person and I know you're not perfect because nobody is. Now, that being said, some of us do this more than others. Some people, this is borderline a chronic issue. But no one is completely devoid of placing self-limiting beliefs on themselves. But what does happen is so many of us don't look in the mirror and own that we're telling ourselves we can't do something. Because when you, when you do that, that, has to, that means you're looking in the mirror and saying, I've been wrong. So I want to give an, a, an example from my own life. I, um, I, was, I was a very, very picky eater. It was shorter to give a list of foods that I liked and would eat than foods I wouldn't. Um, and uh, as I set out to lose weight, and I recognized that, oh, wow, you don't have to eat healthy to lose weight, so let's lose weight, and then I'll figure out how to eat healthy as I go. I, um, and I did that. Now here I am, like, I had never had a salad until I lost, I'd gotten into my weight loss journey. Never, never had a salad. And, then, and I would even say things like, I hate salad, I don't like salad. I'd never had one, how did I even know? But I still said it, I don't like salads. Well, finally, on my weight loss, I found a way to trick myself into liking salad, which is a topic for another podcast. But um, lo and behold, I did. And I now regularly eat salad. I keep all the ingredients in my house at all times and make salad. I've discovered buying salads at restaurants is a gigantic waste of money, and I'll never do that because it's terrible. So I make them at home, and I get them the way I like them, and they don't skimp on the toppings. But... This is an example where I look back at old me and I think, oh, you silly goose. You used to say you don't like salads and you never actually tried them. Here I am in the future eating them going, you're funny. You should have just let that go, old me. So here's the question for you. What are you telling yourself that you can't do that you actually can do? You've just never tried.
We've all never tried for more than two or three times. I'm going to pick a couple of the examples that I gave earlier because these are the ones I hear the most commonly. And I want to talk about how you saying this is, in fact, you lying to yourself. And as long as you keep saying it, you're going to struggle to be happy on your weight loss journey if you can even do it at all. If you go around saying things like, I can't lose weight, I'll never lose weight. Well, you've put yourself in a bit of a pickle here. You're either going to make yourself be wrong or you're going to give up so that you'll be right. And I don't know about you. I don't know anybody that actually likes being wrong. I don't know anybody that's like cool with it. Like you might be someone that's learned to be all right with it, like, and you can get past it, but you certainly don't want to go looking for it. And so if you're looking at yourself, well, or maybe even just saying it to yourself out loud or inside your head, I'll never be able to do this. And you're trying to lose weight. Well, yeah. Confucius says he who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. And if you sit here and say, I can't lose weight, I can't lose weight, I can't lose it, I can't because of this thing and I can't because of that way. First off, you're being, in this case, way too focused on the negatives. Like that's not going to serve you at all. That's not advice anybody would give anybody. You should focus on the negatives more. I don't know anybody's going to say that. But not only are you doing that, you have told your body, don't lose weight. You've told your subconscious, don't lose weight. Because there's a subroutine that runs inside your mind that says, I don't want to be wrong. Now, this works in the other way. If you instead start saying, I can lose weight, I will lose the weight. I'm not trying to lose weight. I am losing weight. Well, you're now giving a command to your body. You're giving a command to your subconscious. You're giving a command to yourself. Lose weight. And only one of two things is going to happen. You're going to make yourself right by losing weight. Or you're going to make yourself wrong by not losing weight. And this is part of the problem. If you're balancing and you're still battling, wanting to hang on to the lie that you can't lose weight, if you want to keep hanging on to that lie you're telling yourself, when it gets hard and you have a week of no weight loss, you're probably going to change your mind, say, well, I, I, I know I can't lose weight. I know I said I can, but this, this one week is, is saying I can't, so I'm going to bail. How you talk to yourself in that moment will matter. Let's talk about another one. I am a perfectionist. No, you're not. You're not a perfectionist. You like the illusion that being a perfectionist brings into your life. There's a book that I absolutely love, and I think all of you should read it if you haven't. It is called The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Fantastic book. Fantastic. But I want to read to you a little snippet from it. If you happen to go get the book yourself, it's page 56. Perfectionism is not the same thing as striving to be your best. Perfectionism is not about healthy achievement and growth. Perfectionism is the belief that if we lived perfect, looked perfect, and acted perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. It's a shield. Perfectionism is a 21-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when in fact it is the thing that's really preventing us from taking flight. Perfectionism is not self-improvement. Perfectionism is, at its core, about trying to earn approval and acceptance. Most perfectionists were raised being praised for achievement and performance, grades, manners, rule-following, people-pleasing, appearance, sports. Somewhere along the way, we adopt this dangerous and debilitating belief system. I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. Please perform perfect 
Healthy striving is self-focused. How can I improve? Perfectionism is other-focused. What will they think? I love that little excerpt from this. Uh, and this, the entire chapter, uh, this one is called Cultivating Self-Compassion, but it talks about letting go of perfectionism. And it is, uh, it is amazing how much we will hang on to being a perfectionist. And if you go around saying, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a perfectionist, I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself this question. Why are you so hell-bent on owning that? Why are you so hell-bent on being a perfectionist? Why don't you just let it go and accept that you're not a perfectionist? Accept that saying, I'm a perfectionist, is your scapegoat. It's your escape hatch. So that when your diet doesn't work, you can point to this and say, see, I'm a perfectionist. I couldn't be perfect, so I quit. Because that leads to the next one that I hear so often. I am an all-or-nothing person. I'm either all in or I'm all out. No, you're not. You're not. Because I assure you, no matter, there is nothing in your life that you go all in on with absolute perfection and do everything. You might do a bunch of it. You might go intense and go hard. You might be a little foolhardy and change up way too much at once because you're not thinking about sustainability. You might be all those things. But when you make the statement, I'm an all or nothing person, and you make a mistake, you get to go, see, I couldn't do it all, so I guess I might as well quit. I'd rather you be like, I'm an 80% person. I like 80% of the way get things done. I like 80% of the way move forward. You know, some of you are probably thinking, well, no, no, that's not okay. You can't be an 80% person. Yeah, you can. Because you see, the person that tries to do 80% occasionally does do 100%, but they don't ever let any time go by. They're moving forward. They're trucking along. Meanwhile, that perfectionist is over here trying to come up with the perfect plan, the perfect day, the perfect time to start losing weight and keep going. That perfect way to do everything because then it'll just be smooth sailing and I won't feel like a failure. That person doesn't get anything done. That person moves forward and then fizzles out because they're, they're telling themselves they have to be perfect. And then the first time they're not perfect, they're like, see, I can't do it. So why don't you just tell yourself, I'm an 80% person. I like get it done 80% of the time. If that is something that as you're hearing me say that and you think, and it's making you a little like, oh gosh, that's a little uncomfortable feeling. Ask yourself, why? Why does that make me uncomfortable? Why does that make me uncomfortable to let go of being a perfectionist? Let's talk about another one of those self-limiting beliefs that I hear. I lose all control around XYZ food. I can't stop. You know, that's not entirely true because you can. You can stop. Can you stop? immediately jump to that right away? No. You, you might actually have to work on a relationship with food. You might have to cultivate a little self-discipline with some food. But you are capable of doing it. But when you preemptively relinquish your control, what you're doing is, is you're relinquishing your responsibility. You're relinquishing your ownership of your choices. If I'm around this food, I lose control. That's giving, that is giving all the f- power to the food. But guess what? Your life's a democracy. No one makes you do anything you don't want to do. So you're giving your control willfully. You are giving a vote to the food, and then you're honoring that vote. But what if you changed it up? What if you took that vote back? This is something that it it leads into the next point with self-limiting beliefs. Most of us struggle on some level, some more than others, we struggle with excuse-making. Some of you will probably have this licked in your life. Some of you will learn, like in your professional life, well, I need to stop making excuses. Some of you will even maybe do this with your family life or with your friends or with a hobby. You'll stop making excuses and you'll move forward. But I got to ask you, 
on your weight loss journey, do you still make excuses? Because when I hear someone throw out a self-limiting belief of I'm an all or nothing person or I'll never lose the weight, I'm a perfectionist, I didn't draw the genetic lottery, what I'm hearing is excuses. I would rather hear them as explanations. Because you see, an excuse is like, yeah, see, it's not my fault because of this thing. Oh, it's not my fault because of that thing. No. No, that, you see, an, an excuse excuses your behavior, says it's okay to keep doing this when it's not. Whereas an explanation says, this is why I'm doing this. Because I believe that I'm a perfectionist. Oh, well, doesn't that sound a little different than I'm a perfectionist? But if you say, I believe I'm a perfectionist? Because you see, you can change your belief system. Your body, the one that you have right now, is the byproduct of your lifestyle, habits, and routines. You know what creates your lifestyle, habits, and routines? Your system of beliefs, your environment, and your cultural and social network. I intentionally list your system of beliefs as the first one because at the end of the day, you can't make meaningful change in your life if you don't change your system of belief. Won't happen. If you think your behavior is going to change, if you think you suddenly will stop eating certain foods without changing the underlying belief system that led to it and addressing the environmental and social impacts that went with it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. So I want to I quote an excerpt from Atomic Habits. A lot of people think, I want to be skinny. And if I stick to this diet, then I'll be skinny. They set goals and determine the actions they should take to achieve those goals without considering the belief that drives their actions. If you believe that you can't control yourself every time that you're around Oreos, guess what's going to happen anytime you're around Oreos and you start eating them? You're going to continue. You're going to think back on that belief. Oh, I can't control myself. And then you'll lose control, which that action is going to reinforce the belief that you have set. Every time you do something that supports a belief system, the more strongly you're going to believe that that is true. So if you say, I can't control myself around food, and then you lose control, that is you going, yep, yep, see, I couldn't control food. You're giving away your personal responsibility. You can. Because you see, if you relinquish your ownership to your self-limiting belief, you, you don't get to ask yourself the very important question that will lead to change. I lose control around food. I can't stop once I start. Well, what are we supposed to say to that? How am I supposed to help you if you're my client? How are you supposed to help you? Because you've already given up. But if you instead say, I chose to lose control around this food, I then get to ask you the powerful question of, why did you choose to do that? What led to you making that choice? Oh, well, I, I, I think what led me to do that is I've been feeling really stressed lately. Oh, Okay. Uh, what's, what's been stressing you out? Oh, work has just been really demanding so much of my time and, you know, dealing with some stuff with my family. You know, I just, I'm just really overwhelmed. Okay. Um, what are you doing to manage your stress? Oh, um, I, I'm not, I'm not really doing anything to manage my stress. I'm just, I'm just trying to make it through the day. Oh, do you, do you think that maybe just, just maybe you chose to eat that food because of stress and this was a way to manage and deal with the stress? I don't know. Maybe. You see how that conversation got to keep going? Now that's if I were doing like a coach-client conversation. But you could be having that very same conversation with yourself. 
But if you give up, you don't get to have that conversation. You don't get to do a root cause analysis and find out why did you make the choice that you made. And then you can, in this hypothetical scenario I gave, which is a very realistic one, you don't need to stop the losing self-control. You need to work on your stress management. You don't need to tell yourself not to eat the food because that would be ridiculous because you didn't deal with the thing that put you in that place to begin with. If you instead go, oh, right, I'm, I'm getting really stressed, which is causing me to make poor decisions. Great, let's deal with your stress. And then you'll make better decisions. Decisions you're more proud of. So let go of your self-limiting beliefs. Do not hang on to them. The only person making you hang on to a self-limiting belief is you. There's nobody else. And I know this one's a bit of a tough love episode, but we're at that time of year where so many new people are starting to come face to face with their self-limiting beliefs. Their self-limiting beliefs are sabotaging their weight loss efforts and they don't even realize it. And some of you may be further along in your journey and you're struggling with it. But this is something that you always should be reassessing. I want you to do the positive affirmations because that will combat your self-limiting beliefs. You know, not some hokey positive, ex, you know, so, I, I can't stand some of like, I am letting the naturally good foods find their way into my life every day. I'm going to attract this food into my life. No, you're not. <laughs> you got to go get it. <laughs> like You got to make the choice. I don't like those kinds of affirmations. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Well, no, no, that is not necessarily true. Um, what I'd rather you say is, I'm going to lose the weight. What I'd rather you say something like is, I will not give up when it gets hard. Because that doesn't, that owns the reality that is coming. That yeah, sometimes it's going to be hard. And you're going to go, I am not going to give up. You'll say, I will not skip a workout more than two days in a row. Whatever, whatever your thing is, is I want you to make your positive affirmation be a command to yourself on what you will do. Think of a scenario that will trip you up and start telling yourself how you're going to handle it, even if you don't believe it, because you'll be amazed at how often you eventually do start believing it. All right, we're going to wrap up here. Think of your self-talk. Ask yourself if you're limiting yourself. Little housekeeping, admin work. If you are not in the Facebook group, you should come join the Facebook group. There is a link to it in the show notes. You can also find a link to it by going to christerrellcoaching.com, clicking on free content. I have recently revamped my website and now have several more coaching packages offered. All the pricing and structure of the coaching is there on the site that you can find it. I still do offer discovery calls. If you're not entirely sure what's right for you or what you'd like to do, you can schedule a free 20-minute call. If you want to help support the show, there are two ways that you can do it. First is there's a link in the show notes where you can buy a coffee. It's a fun little feature. Um, any amount helps keep this show going. But if the second way that you can help the show is to share it. If there's an episode that resonates with you, sharing it on your social media would mean the absolute world to me if you did that. Sharing it on TikTok, talking about an episode that positively impacted your life, that would mean the world to me. By the way, if you do it on TikTok, please tag me. I would love to see that and come give you a like and a comment. But it would just mean the world to me to get this show into in front of more people. Have a great week, everybody. Keep going on your weight loss journeys. Don't give up. Conquer your self-talk. Remember, you can do hard things. Doesn't mean the hard things aren't hard. Just means you can do them. <laughs>